0: Welcome everyone to another live free basketball from the Locker Room app, where this is our third attempt to actually get the room going. Finally, our audio is working, so hopefully that continues. Um, Now that I can actually hear Daniel, it sounds like he's surrounded by uh, a bunch of dogs. Are you on a dog farm, Daniel?
1: No, I'm just sitting on my back porch, just uh, feeling the breeze and listening to my neighbor's dog get punished for barking. (laughs)
0: so basically you're everybody around you is going to hear these basketball takes that you have good or bad
1: oh they're good and you're welcome
0: okay um so it's just me and daniel tonight cody was busy of course but daniel um you know everybody what's what's been going on man you doing all right i feel like we haven't talked in a couple weeks
1: yeah, we tried to have our I think last one or two weeks ago, and it never recorded. Uh, thanks to the locker rooms' uh, nice uh, quality audio, uh, they're dealing with. And um, <laughs> last week was a weird week. We had issues uh, that we just could not do it. And uh, besides that, life is good. I've had a I think I've had a birthday since then, which is cool. Um, and so I'm another, another the big five zero. Oh hell no. No way.
0: (laughs) Minus 14 or 13 or whatever it is?
1: Uh, Minus 13, yes.
0: Getting old, my guy.
1: I know. Still in my prime.
0: (laughs) Yeah, still in your prime. You're still chugging along in the the men's leagues. You're right at that kind of tipping point to where you're the worst of everyone on the younger leagues but if you get two more years you'll be like lebron in the senior league so you're almost there buddy you're almost you're almost back on top so um (laughs) I, i know we got a lot to get into i do i i think i asked you earlier if you watched the utah jazz phoenix sun game last night i i enjoyed watching the game i recorded it and got to watch it this morning uh did you say you said you didn't get to see any of it at all I did not. I uh, I read a little bit about it this morning,
1: but I didn't see much of the game. Uh, I did bet on it, and I was right. Um, and uh, on the tally site, which we <laughs> don't get our rankings anymore, I don't know why either. I was right on it too. Probably so, for the better.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. After last week, woo. I yeah. I, I my radar is so off on these teams. I can't even. It's so bad. I I don't even look at what I did the night before. I just kind of like pick and pray. And if I happen to have a good week, great. Yeah, well, good thing you found
1: your wife a long time ago when your radar was working.
0: (laughs) She, however, her radar might have been broken. So, um, yeah. No, but from the game last night, like, you probably saw everybody on Twitter. Like, everybody thought it was a great game. It was a lot of fun. Everybody said they wanted to see seven games of it. I completely agreed. Um, And that's because I think these two teams, even though they're ranked one and two, are very, very similar. Um, And I know we'll probably debate this in just a minute, you know, when we're talking about title contenders here in a second. But this didn't feel like a normal heavyweight one versus two in the West to me. It felt like a 4-5. Um, I don't know if that seems unfair just because of the current rankings, but, like, yes, it would be a great playoff series, but it feels like one of those 4-5 matchups. Um, just generally right. with throughout the season with these teams, would you kind of agree with that? Do you think these guys, you know, yes, they have the records, they're 1-2, and two, but, I mean, doesn't it feel like they're not that high a quality?
1: Yeah, I, I think they're both on right on the edge of you have a lot to prove um, and you could have a magical season uh, because they're setting just right, right on the, like they're, they're kind of can go either way, right? They can, they can get bounced first round um, and everybody would say, you know what, I told you so, or they could win, you know, and get to the final, the, the Western Conference finals and say, I told you so. So those two. Two teams in particular I, I think can very much be summed up in, you know, either you have a magical you know, regular season and you get bounced in the first round, or you have a magical regular season and it proves that you are a legit team. Um and that's why your regular season uh record is the way it is. So I I think they're both good, but I also think they both very much have their flaws.
0: Yeah, it's kind of setting up to be kind of one of those we might get an 8-1 upset, which is very, very rare you know, throughout NBA playoff history. Um, I I mean, honestly, if you're looking at the rankings right now, it's between Spurs and Warriors. I don't know if either of those teams can really beat the Jazz in a seven-game series, but it feels like they're vulnerable, right? Like, the last year with the Lakers... Hold on. Hold on. on. Go ahead.
1: I think you just said the Spurs... And the, uh, and the Warriors, right? Yes. Okay. I was curious. There's a team there in the eight spot. They had the eight next to them. They look like a big grizzly bear. It says M E M. I guess you can't read. Did you go back two, three weeks ago and get your standings? <laughs> I'm just projecting a little bit, you know. Well, you need to project the correct information, sir. The people deserve <laughs> to get the
0: correct information. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it could be the Grizzlies or the Spurs that are playing the Jazz? I think the, it's the Grizzlies on or
1: nobody. I think the Grizzlies have
0: a chance to get the seventh. Oh, okay. So uh, maybe we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit, but I'm just going to keep going with it. What what is it? Is it just because you're riding high off of these two back-to-back wins with the Grizzlies? I mean, you, yourself on your own, free basketball, you know, Grizzlies edition, have said this final kind of stretch run for the Grizzlies is a gauntlet, right? And that, they've had a it, couple it nice was. wins without without Triple J still. Justice right. Winslow's still out. Uh, Brandon Clark had an injury. I think he's dealing with something with his knee. But are you just riding high from what happened the past couple games? Or is this something you're projecting with them coming back? You think they could get, climb over the Dallas Mavericks, who by all accounts are red-hot, just like the Grizzlies.
1: Okay, I, I got a, I got another thing I just want to talk to you about. When you say red-hot, uh, red-hot means you don't get beat by Keegan's Houston Rockets by nine points the night before. Your <laughs> rankings and your schedule, whatever you're looking at, is is, is back in January, I believe. But yeah, the Rockets are the Rockets are, are are beating you, and yes, they are a good team when they want to be. And I know they just got Christian Wood back, but God, like that, I know I know Dallas was okay for a bit, but they're not. You know the Jazz and just you know playing playing well. Who the Jazz are kind of looking a little uh, flustered right now as well. So um, yeah, I, I know I'm just kind of spewing out of the mouth, but I also I think I'm getting a lot of disrespect for my uh for my view on basketball and it's because the grizzlies are on a four game win streak and it's not even that they went past the the rough part of their opening second half uh they are now they have an easier schedule than the spurs actually uh the rest of the way and the spurs are not playing well the the warriors are not playing well really the the Dallas is very much they they're playing much better than the grizzlies overall so I don't believe that they will actually catch them, but these Grizzlies, they might not be real contenders, and I and I'm completely understanding of that. But they have a chance to make some noise in the regular season, as well as in the in the in the postseason when they get there. Because I do have a good I have a good feeling as long as we don't play our nemesis and the Pelicans, I, I feel like the Grizzlies have a chance to actually you know hold on to that eight spot if not the seventh spot if they can get up that high.
0: Ooh. So you uh are you kind of excited that they're in eighth? Like you you think they'll stay there then?
1: Um uh, I I I believe that they will easily hold on to the eighth.
0: Mm. Well, we've already got sidetracked. Got our, you know, 5 minutes <laughs> of Memphis Grizzlies in. So you're welcome Daniel to I uh, I embellished you a little bit, but but let's back up, okay? Let's talk about some teams. If we're talking about title contenders, just east west, general for you, like I feel like there's an obvious tier one, which I think we'll debate about. Maybe we'll get some other people in here debate with us. And I feel like there is a level right below. Um, and like kind of the guys who are outside looking in, but if, you know, something happens to one of these top dogs with an injury or something unforeseen like that could make that surprise push. Um, so for you, We've got 20 to, you know, 20 to 23 games left for most teams. I think the play-in tourney is like almost six weeks away. So, in these final 22 games, just projecting a little bit, who are your for real title frontrunners?
1: You want to go ahead and start with the East?
0: Start there? Sure, go ahead. Just roll off the teams. Just kick the teams at me.
1: Yep. So, uh, the only three that are in the uh, East is uh, the Nets, the 76ers and the Bucks are the only three teams that have any kind of chance to win a title this year in the East.
0: Mm. That is the exact same three teams I had in my real title contenders, and that's probably because I think the East is more wide open. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I, I, I only have one team from the West, um, and that is, of course, a team that is injury riddled. But I want to see if you have more than this team that I'm thinking of in the West.
1: Yeah, so I I could easily see, um, honestly, I could take four or five teams because I don't think L.A. is as good as they were planning on being because I think this uh, Anthony Davis injury is serious, and I don't know if he's actually going to be able to come back this year. Um, I think it's uh, more along the KD line and I think that there's actually – I I think there's a chance that that could be a season all in itself that uh, goes away because he can't come back. So uh, with them coming back to the pack, I think it is more wide open than in the East. In the East, I think it's three teams. Any other team, uh, even your beloved Miami Heat team, who just got thumped on the head by the Grizzlies a few nights ago, They don't have a chance. They're not good. (laughs) They caught their lightning in a bottle, and guess what? Their light is gone out. Um, Well, you have – I could say you you easily could – you could see these teams having a chance. Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers, Denver, and the Lakers. Portland is not ready. Dallas is not ready. And Memphis, as well as the other teams that are nowhere near ready. Um, So I think it's actually a five-team race – getting closer to time, and I know that you don't love the Jazz, and you think they're suspect. I think they play ball very well, and you can't, with with the team led by CP3, he's shown in the past he can get a team close. Uh, the Clippers, they look like they're, they don't like each other, and somehow they're good. Uh, Denver has possibly the MVP of the league, and the Lakers have so many injury issues, we don't know what we're actually going to get out of them, because I think Andre Drummond makes you worse of a team. So that's what brings them back to the pack. So I think it's a five team race in the West.
0: I uh, Well, first off, I, the Heat thing, I think you're wrong about that. Give the Heat I'm some not. time. They'll be fine. How much time do they need? We got 20 to 23 games left. They just got Ola Depot. They'll be okay. You know, they got to figure it out. I, re- I believe in Spolstra. Um, that is a coach I'm not going to be worried about is going to figure it out for them. Uh, so I, I don't think anybody in the East, especially these top three teams we talked about, if they get matched up with Miami, none of them are going to be happy to see them, even if the a lower seed. So that has to mean something. Um, and the team in the West, like you've got a lot of teams that could potentially get in there. I'm more on the encouraged positive um, side of AD. I think they're just being really cautious about him. Obviously, LeBron knows the long game of the NBA season, and it's like I, I would not be surprised, unless I, there is some news that has come out about his injury that I have not seen. I would not be surprised to see him come back for the final 10 to 15 games to get warmed up for the playoffs. And I think AD and LeBron will be back. So the only team in the West to me that I think is for sure a real – front runner to make a title run and win the title is the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, The teams that I have right behind them, though, that are close is basically everyone else in the West. Like, this is a team that has the window if AD's injury is something that's sustained, which kind of bleeds into your point, is like the Jazz Suns, Nuggets, Clippers. Um, And I have the Heat in that next second tier as well so ad's injury status is obviously a thing everyone's going to be looking for i side on the that they're being strategic about it would not be surprised if him and lebron come back 10 to 15 games just to kind of get ramped up and warmed up for the playoffs no matter what seed they are and they just dominate and run through the west and we're kind of just sitting here like oh oh okay yeah we forgot that The Lakers won the championship last year, and their roster got better. We forgot about that.
1: Well, I was going to let you finish um, your training hot, but I guess that was it.
0: Did I cut out?
1: <laughs> oh,
0: you messed up. I was like, I guess. Sorry,
1: I, I guess you were done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The only team that I'm kind of, I I want to put up there, but I don't want to have a reaction to for their, you know, seven game win streak they have now is the Denver Nuggets. Um, I'm trying not to have an extreme overreaction to them because I do love Jokic. He is the MVP. I don't know why that we've had this conversation all year. Every time uh, someone goes down that was threatening Jokic's MVP, we have to create another guy to come up against him. So, I don't know what it is about Jokic that people just don't want to realize that he's the MVP, but um, I think I tweeted a couple of days ago, like it's going to be one of those things we're going to look back in a few years or maybe even next year if everyone's back healthy and we don't have issues like this and be like, oh, yeah, remember when Jokic won not MVP? He probably shouldn't have won that, and that's just completely false. Um, so I, I, that that's just like a little Manny rant on me. I, I assume you're in the camp of – you were pulling for someone else to take over Jokic's MVP spot.
1: Yeah, I loved Embiid, uh, but he's had too many injuries. Um, they have uh, the Seventy Sixers have not looked as as good as they have in the past, and so I, I, I definitely think due to injuries um, all around the league, Jokic has stayed healthy and he's put up the numbers that that you have to put up if you are going to be in the MVP race. And so I believe that it is Jokic to lose at this point. Um, As long as they're winning like they have been, I think he'll be okay. Uh, But I do want to have a little caveat in here. Uh, I, on this uh, lovely uh, podcast, Free Basketball, whatever we are on, a locker room deal, um, I did say that (laughs) Aaron Gordon would be a very good piece to this team and that they would be much better and, and so on. They would be a better basketball team and could make them a real contender. So I don't know if I said that on free basketball or somewhere else, but I had a lot of people make fun of me. And so I'm just here to to, to get my roses a little early, just a tiny bit. Uh, but I just want to <laughs> say uh, that I said that Aaron Gordon would be very beneficial for this.
0: Yeah, it is interesting, right? Because I think our first initial reaction to it was, okay, they filled the Jeremy Grant spot. Like they were sorely missing that. Um, and they went out and got Aaron Gordon and filled that, and he's been a lot of fun with them so far. Um, but you're a true believer in Aaron Gordon all of a sudden being a playoff guy and helping them make a run in the West?
1: He has what they don't have, uh, what they've always kind of needed. They need a somebody who's a little more athletic, uh, because I think with Jokic, he's not athletic, but he kind of does everything that you want a, a good player to do. Old man basketball in a sense. Um, I think Aaron Gorn has athleticism. Uh, Jamal Murray has kind of been up and down. And I think he's finding his way with another piece. Um, and and really in the end, the unsung hero in all this is Michael Porter Jr. He's, he's putting up um, at least right around 30 and nine, a combination of points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, and the reason I know that is because I bet on it for 12 uh, weeks in a, or 12 <laughs> games in a row, and I hit 11 of 12. Uh, so, I, so, yes, for sure, he, uh, I, I, Michael Porter Jr. is for sure one of the a key piece in that. So when you run those four out, uh, I feel confident in those four alone, and so um, I do think he is a good piece to that because he has more athleticism, and he's one that has shown that he doesn't need to score to be
0: good. I think he does a, he, yeah. he can do a lot of stuff. It is interesting because it's going to be the first time where, like obviously he had expectations with the Orlando Magic, but I don't think anybody thought that he would ever be on a team where he could play an important role for a, you know, at least a conference finals contender. Uh, so it is going to be interesting to see if he responds to that or if it's He's going to be the complimentary guy. And Michael Porter Jr. just keeps ascending, you know, the stardom ladder. Um, That's what I'm kind of curious to see. So I'm kind of glad that we only have, you know, five to six weeks left of this because there's so many questions from this season. It's been such an up and down year that I, I don't know if we'll get the finality of it all. Like we'll feel good about it after this playoffs. But there's just so many different things that I want to see. Um, and one of them would be, you know, to get some sort of normalcy in games so I can actually bet correctly so I can quit, um, you know, so I can have <laughs> my bookie quit calling me every Sunday. Um, but be- before we open this up to the group, because I'm sure we want people on here to discuss with us, maybe somebody we had not talked about, is there someone that is a dark horse for you that um, – maybe no one's really thinking about, but you think could have a realistic shot to maybe win a series or go even farther.
1: Well, um, I think that uh, if you look in the East, I think uh, Charlotte is kind of uh, they're good, but without LaMelo, they're going to be, they're going to be a first round exit. Now, if LaMelo can get uh, can get back, I saw him uh, on, uh, on Maxwell's um, Twitter today. He was trying to – he was doing some dribbling skills and different things. And so I know he's a young guy. He's itching to come back. Uh, and he's, he's trying to get back out there and work as much as he can. Uh, it actually is. Uh, I think that they have a chance to be dangerous – uh, but I just don't know how dangerous they really can be. Um, and so I, that's the only team that I give a shot outside of this one team, and I think it's Boston. And I know they've had their issues all mm-hmm. year, and I know I've been behind them. But when you have a combination of Tatum and, and Brown and Jalen Brown, who's, co- who's come on this year and impressed me uh, to no end, and I think he's definitely uh, – we, we have a thing on the lead that we're doing a, a, the top 25, under 25. Um, I voted him, uh, I think, eighth overall because I think he is a player that's ascending right now, and I think that he, he will continue to keep getting better year after year these next few years and to putting him his name out there. And I think just having those two players, um, they can really give a scare to some of these teams. Um, and so I think they uh, can guard Giannis you know, good as well, and so they have a good chance against them. And whoever wins the four um, – and mm. so, uh, and as Maxwell said, Lamelo, Hayward, and Monk can all come back. That's the only thing that uh, that they need. They need to get healthy, and they can get healthy, they are dangerous. I just don't know what uh, Charlotte can do in the playoffs uh, because we haven't seen a lot of these players there, or you know, they don't really have a a background of that. But I, I do think that Charlotte and uh, Boston can be dangerous if they can get healthy.
0: Mm. Yeah, I obviously the health is a big factor for the Hornets. I just Maybe it's just from you know their past decade, um, but I just feel like they're gonna fall off eventually. Like I just expect that from them. Um, I think it is kind of interesting, you know. They got rid of Kemba to the Celtics, and look at them. You know, two years later, um, I know they're only a game up in the standings, but they seem to have a potential better, maybe not better, but equivalent kind of um, futures, kind of rising stars. Uh, So I do think that is kind of interesting. I kind of want to mention the Atlanta Hawks just to piss you off and get you going a little bit. Um, But I'm not going to do that. And I know you like the Pacers, but I'm just not in love with them. They seem to be going down with injuries. I don't know how realistic they'll be. Um, But I I keep staring at the Blazers and the Mavericks. I know they're not like dark horses, uh, but the Mavericks – Seem to be putting it together. Now, the only problem is I, I just don't rely on anything on Porzingis. Um, I, I can't make up my mind on them. So is Luca just having a hot shooting month, and is he going to cool off again? Um, is that what he is right now as a young player? He's on one month, off the next, possibly. Uh, but I don't think, you know, if Phoenix sits there at the two still in these last 2022 games, I don't know if I want to see Dallas. I mean, is that crazy to say that?
1: No. um, I I think that that's a team that can easily win, depending on who that matchup is. Um, I I don't think Dallas wants to see the Clippers or the Lakers. Um, I I don't think they match up well against them. And I think that in the end, nobody really wants to see them. Um, And so the good spot to be in, is you want to play either the Jazz um, or, or or Phoenix. Phoenix is playing well, and they're led by Chris Paul, so you know they're going to be good. But, man, I would rather play them over the Clippers or uh, the Lakers. Um, I just think that mm. they easily. Uh, I think that's just two teams you'd rather match up well against.
0: Mm. I am curious if uh, anybody has thoughts about that, um, if anybody want to up, hop up here and – give a team that they like or add on to what we've been saying, feel free to jump up here with us. Um, it, It is interesting because I thought what was interesting about the Jazz Suns last night is, like, it was just a lot of CP3. And you know I've always defended CP3. I absolutely love him. I think he's one of the best point guards ever. But at 35, like, it's just too much CP3 for me. Like, he bailed them out at the end. When you watch the final two minutes of fourth quarter in that Jazz Suns game last night, everything was ISO Booker, and there was nothing going on. And, like, CP3 had to bail them out with threes. And, you know, a couple dribbled penetration moves off of when things, when Booker couldn't get anything. So, yeah, did Booker get some good shots? He did, but he didn't finish them. Um, So it's not like it was a travesty that they only went one-on-one with Booker. Towards the end, but I I don't know. Like the Suns, the Jazz. Like I think the Jazz can generate more open shots than what the Suns can. This is why I kind of have a hard time seeing the Suns being someone if they stay in the two seed as someone that can actually win two rounds. I, I obviously I think they can win at least one round. Um, but I don't think that is a given because I just do not think they create wide open shots when it gets tight or when people are playing hard. Um, so I don't know how much of an advantage. I mean, I haven't. I'd have to go back and see a bunch of games to really get the feel for that exactly. But just getting the sense last night when it got tight and it was a playoff atmosphere, the Suns couldn't really generate offense besides of what can Booker go get me a bucket for. Um, so that's, that's the kind of thing that I'm interested in and whoever's going to be that play in spot seven against the Suns. I'm very interested in that matchup and I'm very curious who that team will be. Um, especially if the Grizzlies can somehow sneak up to seven, that would be a lot of fun. I just don't see the Blazers falling out and I don't see the Mavericks having another huge slump like this. I mean, they're, they are only a game and a half above the grizzlies but it's hard to see where the grizzlies can actually climb over them if that makes sense to you
1: yeah no i it, it would be tough uh, especially with the remaining schedule and only being and i do say only but it's only 20 or so games left so it's not like everybody's going to kind of relax i think we're going to get into a big part of the schedule where everybody's on every night if you're healthy um But, you know, the encouraging thing is uh, Triple J is eventually going to come back and they're going to work him in somehow, some way. Um, And I feel like there's a lot of players uh, such as Dylan Brooks and Grayson Allen, D'Anthony Melton uh, that are very much not – they're not John Morant, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., and they're playing very well. Um, And so I think this is a team you don't want to play against, um, you know, I I guess in the playoffs. But it's also a team they're probably not scared of. Um, so I think it's kind of a, it's a weird thing that you don't, you know, it's just they can beat you, and they're going to play
0: Spalentinus for 30 minutes a night, and that's uh, never fun uh, down the post. So let's let's circle back to the top three in the East, right? The Nets, 76ers, and Bucks. If you had to make a choice out of those three to come out of the East, who is your choice? Oh, it has to be the Nets. Has to be the Nets, Uh, okay? Even with all the injury concerns, you you think it's the Nets? No matter, like that's just your gut.
1: Yeah, I think they're I think they're going to be smart about it. The next, I would say, probably two weeks, uh, working KD as they brought him on and off the bench, working KD back in, and they're going to play the big three, um, and then you know in a game, and then maybe set one. And then do it again, maybe play the big three again, set another. Uh, I think that's how they end up doing it, to try to keep everybody healthy. Um, But their biggest issue is they have not played all three together. I don't think they played all three together yet. um, Because I know Harden's out now. Um, And so I I believe that they want to get that time where all three of them are on the court uh, at the same time uh, to make sure they can kind of gel and make sure that their games all kind of mash up well together. Uh, and I could be wrong. I think they actually played all three together in the very beginning when they got Harden, but I'm not sure.
0: So, is it for you just the amount of sheer star power that the Nets have that you like over the Seventy Sixers or bu- or Bucks?
1: Yeah, it's just um, I, I I and I have actually put my money um, on a you know the two teams matching up in the in the finals, and that would be the Seventy Sixers and the Lakers. Uh, mm. But I, I love the 76ers. I think Joel Embiid is, uh, making, he just is, is, I don't know. He's just, he, he's very good defensively, but sometimes it's weird. Seth Curry has kind of taken a back seat as of late, uh, but Tobias Harris has showed up. So I think they're not, let's see, that you really want in a, a main title contender, but I would, I would pick, uh the I would pick the seventy sixers ahead of the bucks because i don't know if the bucks their big three can match up against um, either the seventy sixers or uh or the nets
0: this is this is where uh, we're going to split ways here um, can't wait I, I i'm really starting to believe in the bucks and i can't really tell you an exact reason why um I just like Drew Holiday's coming on right now, um, so maybe you could say, "Hey, he's coming on at the wrong time." But I, I, he kind of takes a little bit to round into shape, and then he's good for the rest of the year. So I think it's a really positive sign for the Bucks. I think Middleton is fine. Giannis will obviously be Giannis. The people I'm worried about is the other remaining, you know, nine or ten guys. <laughs> And I still do have questions with the coach. Um, Is Budenholzer, when he gets to the playoffs now, is he going to actually play them together big minutes? You know, I think that was the running joke last year with Giannis. He was only playing 30 minutes capped or 32 minutes, whatever it was. Is he going to actually ride him more? Um, I think he will because I think his job is kind of on the line right here. Uh, So, I mean, would you think if the Bucks flamed out in the second round, do you think Budenholzer is gone? Man, I uh,
1: I don't. Um, I I think I don't know. I I don't know what else you're gonna get. I, I don't know who else is out there that just kind of moves the needle for you. Um, I know that everybody's kind of pointing fingers at him. But he's obviously changed a little bit this year by, by giving the minutes to Giannis and you know, and making sure that some of the guys that actually play um, you know more instead of just kind of resting people a certain time. So I don't know if it's all Bud. Uh, and so I, I, if it was me, I would not get rid of him. Uh, if it's something that you see that you can uh, increase on because there's a coach out there you love and that that's the one guy you think puts you over the edge, then yes but I think sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side, so I, I would be careful um, uh, getting rid of a, a good coach.
0: I think you'd make a fair point. Um, I was just kind of interested. I feel like that could be a subplot, but here's the thing. I don't think they're going to have a flame out in the second round. Um, I, I definitely think the Bucks are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think it's going to be against the Nets. Um, I think it's going to be a Bucks – Eastern Conference Finals. I like the 76ers just like you. Obviously, everyone's going to have the question of MV going to be healthy. That's not really even my question, is when it gets tighter in the playoffs, we know it always does. Um, do the 76ers really have enough? And I, I just don't think, you know, every time in the playoffs we talked about their spacing. And yes, they added, you know, Curry and Danny Green, whatever you think of Danny, but. Um, maybe I'm overthinking this because Danny's been on, you know, the past two champions. So maybe he's just hopping around and winning championships for teams. Um, but I just there's something about the Bucks I like. I feel like they're kind of running under the radar, even though they're the three seed right now. And I just like a team that's like that um, because they're just not the prohibitive number one. And I kind of like that they're running under the radar. And I think it's a good thing for them. Um, to just not be dominating, to have some adversity throughout the season. Because it feels like, you know, the past two years, they've just been running over everyone. And, you know, we here we are in the playoffs again. Now they're kind of running more under the radar, having their in-season struggles so they can actually figure them out in the regular season instead of them showing up in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, okay, what are we going to do?
1: Yeah. Uh, David's joined us. I think David is a a Sixers fan. Yeah, yes.
2: You got that right. I'm just kind of scratching my head. So you're you're feeling good about the Bucks, except for you're not sure about the coach or this or the supporting cast <laughs> or about whether or not Drew is actually going to, like, you know, turn the corner. But you have a good feeling about him. I, I mean, I, I, I commend you. I know all about being able to hope for the best on a team that's really not delivering for you. Like, I know that all too well as a Sixers fan. You know, but I, I think <laughs> but I think you looking at like you know past 76er playoff performances and trying to compare it to this year is really missing the boat. Things are really different in Philadelphia this year compared to years past. Doc Rivers is bringing a new championship mentality to the team that didn't exist with Brett Brown. And Brett Brown, I don't mean to knock him at all, he did a yeoman's job of creating a culture and an atmosphere, and the players bought into it, and they believed in each other, and they were willing to stick with each other and stick with the team through a lot of adversity. And there's a real value in that. But what Doc Rivers is bringing to this team is really different. They are playing like a championship team does, 76ers always lost games that we should have won. Not this year. This year it's like, okay, well the games that we that we should be winning, even if we're not playing at our best, they're finding a way to pull out the wins. You know, that's a thing that championship teams do. You know, they don't overexert themselves. They do what they need to do in order to get into the playoffs and be able to protect their seed. For the first time in a generation of being a Sixers fan, you have a, a, an, an organization that finally has, like, put a value on fighting shooters. I, we have more shooters on this team than I have ever seen in, like, 30 years of fandom. I mean, it's insane what and what a difference it makes. We have now opened it up. We are not having the conversation at all this year about can Embiid and Simmons play on the court at the same time. The answer is, yes, they can, and they can do a great job. And what were they missing? They were missing outside shooters who could, who could provide spacing. I mean, Ben Simmons is, I mean, a really admirable player. He goes there, he's like a master of ceremonies. It's like he's constantly sacrificing, like, his own individual stats in order to do whatever role is necessary Or to support whatever player needs to be getting the ball more or getting more shots or doing everything else. I mean, it's amazing what Ben Simmons is doing defensively. You know, one second down the court, he's defending, you know, the point guard. And the next second, he's, like, sitting there, like, defending Taco. Like, I mean, it's unbelievable how how he shifts from one defensive position to another defensive position without any warm-up, without having to get into the flow of the game. It's really impressive. I just think that, you know, you've always heard that defense wins championships. This is a team that's defensively deep. I don't think you could put enough, like, value on what green brings to the table what fibel brings to the table what simmons brings to the table what Embiid brings to the table and i think that's the kind of team most like nba fans not just in philadelphia want to root for you look you look at like the nets and it's just kind of like you know some kind of weird like offense only we're gonna like run and gun you know, just kind of like everybody, just like you know, taking their turn, putting up points, and we're just going to outshoot you. You know, that's fine, but I just think that when it comes down to it, you're going to like run into some defensive teams, and they're going to, you know, meet their match.
1: I I agree. Um, I I, I know Ryan, you're going to you had to eat your curve right there because I I agree that <laughs> those are good points. <laughs> from somebody who knows a little bit about 76ers basketball.
0: Well, I mean, sure. He's going he's to know more than me. He's There's a 76ers fan. <laughs> <laughs> my, I mean, my question, I, my follow-up to you, David, is on the shooters you're talking about, who is it besides Curry and Danny
2: Green? You mean besides Seth Curry, besides Danny Green? Well, they just made yes. a nice little acquisition for a guy named Hill who is like, you know, kind of the perfect fit. And I know we're waiting for him to come back from injury. But again, that's the kind of move that championship teams do. It's like he was the best three-point shooter in recent years. Like, oh, he only had like a 43% last year or something. I mean, it's (laughs) unbelievable. And he plays defense. And he could like, you know, like help lead the, the second unit if he doesn't just move up into the first unit. I mean... I think these are important, impressive things. And not to mention, like, you know, I could go a little deeper with, like, other people on the roster who are shooters. Cork Moz is putting up threes. You know, you have, you know, we just got an- another guy, Joe, whose name is, blo- is I'm blanking on it at the moment, um, who's another sniper. It's just like one after another, people are shooting. Him. You know, Seibel shoots, you know, threes every once in a while, and it's like great to see, but, you know, I I think that's not really what's necessary what's necessary is you're getting spacing and you're getting the opportunities for people to play into their defensive strengths they're not turning the ball over they are causing turnovers and steals and they're just like padding stats left right and center for players up and down the roster and it's just really impressive, the number of steals that people are getting, the number of block shots that people are getting. You know, it, it, it's good basketball to watch. And they play with hustle. You know, so there, there are a lot, there, there's, there's a lot to like about, you know, the 76ers this year. And that doesn't mean they're going to win the whole thing. You know, there, there, are a lot, there are a lot of, like, quality, quality, you know, powerhouse teams, especially in the West, you know, that they're going to have to face up against. But the 76ers are definitely, like, you know, playing like they belong. I got a, I got a, I got a question on this. All right, so I think we're all kind of been,
1: been in agreement that there are three uh, just kind of uh, tier one teams in the East. How mm-hmm. important will it be over the next 20 to 23 games or so? Will it be to be in first place? I know home court doesn't matter. It is obviously I'm the sorry. fans are growing and there's going to be more in the stadium as we go. But I think not having to play – you know, the second round against one of these teams, I think is just as important because you might not have to play, uh, you know, whoever it might be. And so I don't, you know,
2: that's just what I'm thinking. I, I mean, I just think the first round buy is going to be very important because it always is, you know, being able to take that time, you know, heal, strategize, like all that kind of stuff is always a value. That's always an advantage. But I mean, I think the Lakers kind of prove that seeding doesn't really matter. Like they kind of like, you know, mail it in during the regular season. Oh, oh, look, we just squeaked in as the seven or the eighth seed. And then suddenly Kobe and Shaq turn it on. And they're like unstoppable, you know, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, but you, yeah, we, we've seen that from a lot of NBA teams. They're just kind of like, yeah, as long as we make the playoffs, that's the important thing. And then we'll like destroy everyone later.
1: But, yeah, you said Kobe and Shaq, so it's a little different. But, yes, I understand what you're saying. I just think that the the home court advantage, uh, I think as Eric said, yeah, it's going to matter because the fans are continuously coming back. But not, you know, being able to play whoever the 4-5 is. Uh, So, if you are the Nets in the standings right now, you play your first round, you know, matchups, okay, and you're going to more than likely feel confident in that. And then you are going to have to play the four or five matchup, which is Charlotte. It's that second round matchup. That
2: third round, I oh, we're losing you a little bit.
0: Okay, that's just not me. All right, yeah, <laughs> I I was yeah, liking. yeah.
2: We're, we're losing you a little bit. <laughs> um, I, 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 this, this is what I think. I mean, the the Nets right now are doing this kind of like running gun kind of offense thing. Like I, we. Double dog dare any team to be able to put up as many points as we could put up, right? And they're right; they could put up a lot of points. But the teams in the East that are going to be in the playoffs, with the exception of the Nets, are in general more defensive-minded because they they know that value. And at a minimum, even if the Nets win those series, they're going to be frustrated a lot. There's going to be you know a lot of of teams that are going to be saying all right, we'll let Harden get his points, but we're going to frustrate X and Y. You know, like, I I, I think that, that that's going to take a toll. I don't know how long I, it, they're going to be able to sustain it.
0: Well, you're talking about a potential, if everything stopped right now, they could be facing the Knicks or Pacers first round. And you're talking about two teams that want to be physical. So yeah. do they probably get past them? Yes. Um, but, they, but they're going to take a toll. I mean they might be banged up heading into that next round, that four or five, whoever that is. And then if you're talking about the heat, you know, yes, they've kind of failed a little recently, but if they come on, they could be sitting there in that four or five for a Nets team who maybe one of the guys did get banged up in that series with the Pacers or something like that. So it is I mean, interesting. I,
2: I, I Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, like, there are teams in the West That are formidable, you know, and I think that any number of them will be able to kind of handle their business against the Nets. I just don't really believe in the philosophy. I understand what's going on, but I mean, championship basketball is a team sport and I just see so many like, you know, solo superstars, Jason saying, I'm going to get mine I don't see a lot of team ball that's being played. Like, uh, it's hard when I watch, like, a Nets game to kind of, like, you know, point to it and say, like, all right, this is the way the game should be run. Isn't this amazing? It kind of seems like lots of showboating, lots of times when the guy should have passed the ball but didn't. And even if they make the amazing shot or they, you know, they put up the, the point, you know, you feel like that's going to catch up to them when they're playing in a series over time.
0: So being the 76ers, let me ask a kind of a larger question here with the 76ers. I guess I'm kind of at the point of 76ers, it's wait and see, right? New coach, new players, let's see it. You're looking at a potential road if everything stays the same, which obviously we know it won't, but... Um, Everything stays the same. You're looking at a matchup between the Celtics and the Bulls. I think we all assume it would be the Celtics. Um, And then you're looking at the winner of Bucks Heat as it stands right now. Um, And so you feel good as a 76ers fan through that potential two-team road to the Eastern Conference Finals.
2: Oh, as a 76er fan, yeah. As a 76er fan, you know, we're feeling pretty comfortable facing up against any team in the East.
0: I can't wait to see it. Daniel, do you have anything? Threes. Like no, I said, it's
2: not. I, appreciate, Daniel. I appreciate the panel and the good folks. <laughs> <bucks.
0: laughs> Daniel, do you have anything before we go? Do you have anything to plug for yourself? Yep. Uh, well, you I didn't mention a oh.
1: plug, but David, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm glad that you uh, kind of put Ryan in his place. Um, I will plug that. Um, I will be back this week with free basketball Grizzlies edition. Um, and so after, uh, thankfully, my teeth have kind of healed. Uh, I can talk well enough. Uh, I'll be back in the saddle uh, riding uh, Miss Daisy again. So uh, that's all I got this week for
0: sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, Bye. everyone, for joining in our room. Uh, David, we're here every Thursday at 7, man. You should join us. Um, we, we usually, we usually have another member, Cody, who's kind of more hot takey than we are. So you might have fun talking with him or debating with him, but this was a lot of fun. Thanks for everybody being here. Hope everybody enjoys the week. Yeah, we'll see everyone next week.